Hello, and welcome to Magic is Real. I am Shannon. I'm your host. I'm a psychic medium, and I today have with me Libba Phillips. I'm very excited to have her here. I had Libba on my other podcast, Still Standing, which is about people who have overcome obstacles and challenges, and her story was my favorite episode. I will put a link to that below. Um, because there's so much that we're going to talk about today. Um, and I want to start by giving you her bio. There's so many stories that I had to have run both of my podcasts. Uh, Libba is the parent of a psychic kid. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. But there's so much more in her story that I'd love for her to share. So I'll just start by saying that Libba Phillips is an intuitive life coach, angel communicator, and psychic kids mentor. She guides individuals worldwide in connecting with divine guidance to triumph over challenges and manifest their highest good. We will talk about her journey. Um, I will let her sort of reveal that as we talk about her background. Um, but I want to sort of include the fact that uh, about 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, when her sister Ashley disappeared, a heartbreaking event dismissed by law enforcement and media uh, it, it was dismissed by law enforcement and media. And in the face of adversity, Libba's intuitive abilities opened up after a prayer from her dying grandfather, leading to messages from God, her grandfather in heaven, and the angels. And their insights directed her to establish Outpost for Hope, a nonprofit to shine the light on at-risk adults and children lost among the homeless. This really does inform a lot of her story. So I do want to mention that, but the link to the other podcast will be below if you want to hear the full story. And I highly recommend it because it's, it's a beautiful story. And um, so thank you so much, Libba, for being with me again. I thank love you. you. We've become me. friends and I'm just, I can't wait for you to share your story with my Magic is Real audience. Um, and I will preface this too, just by saying, because I always forget to do this. If you like this video, if you like this channel, please, would you do me a favor and like, and leave your comments below. It helps so much to get the word out. This is the longest intro ever, um, but thank you for listening. And Libba, now I'm turning the mic over to you. Oh. Uh, thank you for being here. I would love to start with a bit of your background and spiritual journey, wherever you want to start it. I, you're a beautiful speaker and I just, oh, I know you know where we're going with this. Well, thank you so much for having me back. I'm, I'm absolutely delighted to be on your show. And I, I know that we're going to talk about psychic kids, but I would just would preface that by saying, um, you know, that was not my um, journey into all things spiritual. You know, um, we talked for just a minute about the fact that my sister disappeared over 20 years ago. And, you know, I was a very logic-minded individual, had no plans to have kids, and was completely unprepared for all of the things that would happen to me through that experience of loss and adversity. And the Reader's Digest version really is that, you know, I went from um, doing things by the book you know, making a list, crossing them off the list to listening to spirit and having to develop my discernment. You know, am I going crazy? Am I really hearing what I think I'm hearing? And ultimately that led me to uh, working and creating a nonprofit for uh, helping other uh, families who had loved ones that were lost with mental illness on the streets. 
and, and that's really what happened to my sister. She was lost on the streets um, off and on over the last 25 years. And um, by the time um, my daughter came along, it was 2008. And I will paint the picture a little bit with that is that at that point, my sister Ashley had been missing about 10 years. So I had been very involved in missing persons work. I had been uh, quietly uh, teaching other women how to manifest with the divine, how to listen to their intuition, how to connect with angels. I was doing that quietly behind the scenes. By day, I was speaking and training law enforcement and people that were working in the homeless community and mental health uh, agencies to try to shine the light on vulnerable people who often fall through the cracks. And in 2007, uh, I was living in Sacramento, California when my marriage, my then marriage broke apart. And truly I was lost. And um, the only thing that was in my heart was to start over and to come back home to the East Coast where I live now. And unexpectedly, and I should say really by divine design, because we all know how that works when we go through something that's so life-changing and we feel like we don't know what's next and we ask what's next the universe will bring something to us that's so unexpected that it really had to have been written as part of your destiny chart before you get to that place so i did move back to the east coast i reconnected with a childhood friend um you know some people say they don't believe in love at first sight but but I do love it. First remembrance, I should say. Yeah. And at 41 years old, I became pregnant unexpectedly. And truly, there was a knowing in my soul that this child was part of the next part of my purpose, that I would have not only a reason to live and keep going, as I mentioned, my, my sister at this point, was, had been missing for 10 years. And, you know, hope was in short supply, even though I was very connected to listening to what the spirit realm had to share with me. And, and things were manifesting on a greater stage where I was, the mission was being seen in more um, public media, like People Magazine, Reader's Digest, and, and uh, Lifetime Movie was being made at this time when uh, Izzy came along. And yet, though, in the heart of a sister, you know, who still knows the hopelessness, you know, what I had been seeing for the last decade was exploitation of women and girls on the streets. I was also seeing things uh, psychically that were extremely uncomfortable for me to see. It wasn't all angels and, you know, rose petals at my feet. <laughs> you know, it was very dark things. And um, to nurture a new life, seemed like just what the universe, you know, brought to me. And it wouldn't be long, really. I guess, I guess everything started to happen with Izzy right away. When I was about to give birth to her, I have a kind of a unique birth story in that I had in my mind, I was going to give birth at a birthing center in the water. And, you know, in my, in my naive sense, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, this is going to be calm, relaxing, aromatherapy, you know, maybe some music in the background. It was anything but that. 
and started to have complications right away. After 48 hours and no baby, I heard a very loud whooshing sound that I can only describe as uh, like a tornado coming. And then the whole side of my body seemed to begin to float. You know, the side was, was very strange to have that sense of separation. And I heard, go to the hospital now. Everyone in the birthing center thought I was crazy when I came up out of the water like a beached whale. And I said, I need to go to the hospital now. And they told me to be quiet. You're scaring the other moms. Just get back in the water. You're just anxious. And I looked at my husband and I said, I'm not anxious. Something's wrong. We need to go to the hospital. Take me now. And so I hobbled out of the water, you know, dripping everywhere, got a robe around me, put me in the back of the minivan, got us over to the hospital. And as I walk in, you know, they're, they are emergency room, you know, is saying, you know, what's the matter? What's the matter? You know, here's a pregnant woman crying and, and water dripping everywhere. And I said, something's wrong. Something's wrong with the baby. I want a C-section. I want a C-section. And the midwife's coming, you know, a few feet behind me saying, oh, she's a first time mom. It's okay. You know, so sorry, apologizing for me. And as soon as the doctor comes into the room, she begins to take the vitals of myself and of the baby. And she says, you don't have a choice. Your child is decelerating. Her heart rate's decelerating. And the next thing I know, they put me out. I have a C-section and Isabella is born. So following that guidance saved her life. That would really become a preview <laughs> of life to come with a highly sensitive child. It was about maybe two years later, Izzy is a toddler. She's starting to put words together and string sentences together and I'm getting used to the daily routine, you know, being a mom and working from home and still involved somewhat in my missing persons work, but stepping back a little bit because I'm knowing that I need to really put that on the back burner and really focus on my child. And one day we're sitting on the floor together, we're putting a puzzle or something like that together and Izzy looks up right at me with her big brown eyes and she says I picked you mommy and I said what do you mean you picked me you picked me to play with you oh wow you silly girl you know and she said no mommy I picked you when I was with God Ooh, before I was in your tummy he lets us do that I picked you and daddy you know how do you reply to that I wasn't quite sure how to reply to that and I said, okay, you know, and I just started to listen to the sound that was in my own inner ear, which, you know, was saying, you really need to pay attention. Something important is starting to happen here. And that would be the beginning of how Isabella started to verbalize things that she knew, and things that she would see. And I didn't really have any experience at that time with the psychic kid. The things that she would say to me were, I'll give you an example. One day I'm picking her up from daycare 
And I should say that at that time, we were not going to any church. We were not talking about anything religious. We weren't, you know, if I was, if I was praying, I was doing it quietly in my own room before bedtime or in the morning when I was meditating. So we weren't actively talking about, you know, uh, Jesus or Mother Mary or God or anything like that. And, and Izzy's daycare center was just a regular daycare. There were just kids playing every day, having their juice and their snacks and going out on the playground. You know, it wasn't, wasn't anything um, like a Sunday school or anything like that. And one day I picked her up from her daycare center and she had a real serious look on her face. And I put her in her car seat in the back and we're driving out of the parking lot down the street. And I said, hey, what, you know, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she said, mommy, I have to tell you something. And then these tears formed in her eyes. I'm thinking, oh no, like she bit somebody on the playground or, you know, somebody pushed her down. I'm thinking, you know, starting to feel myself getting riled up. She said, I really need you to listen. I said, okay, whatever it is, it's okay. Don't worry about it. She said, I need to tell you that I love God more than I love you. Wow. But I still love you so much. Please don't be mad. And, you know, these were the kinds of mic drop spiritual insights that she would say to me. You know, and I just start to keep notes because they were so out of the ordinary and I had no explanation for them. I had no way to validate anything. You know, I'm thinking, wow, this is kind of a profound thing to hear from your three-year-old child. And then the ghost started coming. Other spirits started coming. And she began telling me things like, there's a woman in the corner and she's wearing a blue hoodie. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know. And I said, well, uh, you know, so I'm looking around, you know, all of the hair on the back of my neck is standing up, you know, and I'm carefully surveying the room. And I said, well, what? what does she want? She said, well, she just wants to tell you that she loves you. And I said, well, do you know who it is? You know, I'm trying to be mm -hmm. very careful. And she says, oh, that's Jesus, mom. That's Mary. And all the hair on my body stood on end. Because, you know, I'm not Catholic, you know, yeah. and I'm thinking, okay, this is becoming more interesting and there was a point when I just crossed my mind like you know okay how do I validate any of this that she's telling me you know how can I you know I mean I believe her and her dad believes her you know but I'm not sure what to do with this well it wouldn't be long before some very close friend of ours, an elderly friends of ours, um, the husband died, Dan, passed away. And we are very close, we're very close with them and still very close with his wife. And one day, Izzy came into the kitchen and she said, 
mommy, mommy, uh, Dan is here, Dan is here. Now, Dan was dispelled. And I said, oh, okay, that sounds fun. You know, I'm just kind of, you know, but my ears, you know, I'm like listening. And I said, well, that sounds fun. What's he doing? Well, he's in my room and he's dancing around in a silly hat. It's a big hat. It's a big silly hat. It looks like this. It looks like this. I'm going, okay. So, you know, I walk in there. I'm looking around. I don't see anyone dancing with a silly hat. I bet I, Izzy's clearly entertained. She's laughing. She's having fun. She's sort of dancing around. And I go, okay, well, you know, what does he say? And she said, oh, he says he's young again. And he, we need to tell Joyce. She'll be young again, too. Okay, so I'm writing this down. <laughs> Later, my husband comes home from work and I tell him. And he goes, well, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to share this with Joyce. And I, because what, I don't really know what to say. Well, opportunity would precede me because a couple of days later, we get an invitation to go to her home to have dinner. And I'm like, okay. She says, now make sure you bring Izzy. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, what are we going to do here? And so I'm just, you know, I pray. I'm like, okay, guide me. Cause I, I don't, you know, I don't know what's happening here. We walk into her house you know, and there had been a memorial. So there were photographs and things like that. And there was a black and white photo of them when they were very young. So I would guess they probably were in their twenties. They're standing on the beach, you know, she's in her swimsuit and Dan's in his swim trunks and this giant sombrero. And as soon as Izzy sees the photo, wow. he locks into the picture. She runs over to it. She goes, there's Dan in his silly hat. And she looks at Joyce and says, and you're going to be young again when you go to see Dan. So then I had no choice but to tell her the story. And, you know, if a woman in her 80s can believe, mm -hmm. then who am I as a mother of her own child? You know, I knew in my heart all of the things that we started to experience, you know, and that regardless of whether anybody else believed it, there were moments when things actually could be validated. And as the universe has its own plans, that's when I um, began to get more serious about figuring out how to help Izzy. Um, I was also, at the time, learning to accept my own gifts I was still um, training with different mentors and different teachers, and several of them would bring up my child and her abilities and her mediumship abilities. And, you know, it got to a point where she wouldn't sleep in her own bed. You know, she was being visited continuously. And so I just asked for help. How can I help her? And I began to listen to some of the things that she would say. And she said to me, um, mommy, you have to use your special eyes. God told me to tell you to use your special eyes so you can help me because you know how to help me. And we would just start doing things like things I would tell people today, which is things like teaching a child how to cut cords. I mean, at four years old, you can't really 
talk about some of those things, but you can use things like color and prayer and, and things that are of their own understanding, right? And it would not be too long after that, I, a, a colleague of mine that I was sharing this with, she knew of these researchers, uh, Elizabeth and Neil Carmen, PhD, who were very involved in the field of consciousness and uh, pre-birth memories and past lives of kids and other sensitive kids from around the world. And they had already um, written a book and they were writing a new book. And when they um, heard some of the things that were we were experiencing, they asked if they could interview me. And I was really hesitant at first because I'm thinking, wow, you know, this is this is a little bit intimidating, right? But it's also, I knew that it was important not only to document what was happening, but to share it because I knew that eventually there would be other people. I mean, and there clearly there were because there were lots, there are lots of stories in this book of other families that were experiencing things that you just cannot make up no matter how skeptical you might be. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. And I, I think it's children come into this world closer to the other realm. They remember who they are. Yes. And it's really, we're socialized out of that. And it's so interesting to hear just these, you, you hear these things and it's like these adult things coming out of these little kids' mouths. Right. They don't have the ability to, I don't want to say they don't have the ability to lie, but they sure. don't like, it's just so pure. They're just so honest. I guess that's the thing is that children, right. I've, I've been a nanny my whole life on and off right. and it's, uh, they are so honest. Right. And there's nobody telling them this isn't real. Right. Discouraging them. I think so many of us say weird stuff like that. When I was, when I was a kid, I had no man. I kept saying, there's no man and he's here. There's this man. And my parents were not discouraging mm -hmm. about it at all. I mean, my mom's very psychic herself, mm -hmm. but I think there wasn't this knowledge of like, oh, that could be a spirit or that it's right. And they never put me, like I said, they never discouraged it, but it's so beautiful that you already had this awareness of the spirit world that was opening up to you yes, through all of this. And yes. thank goodness you had such a nurturing mom to, to encourage this and say, that's okay. It's like, share what you're feeling, share what you're getting, because so many yes. kids start to feel ostracized and misunderstood yeah what were you yeah, gonna say? yes and I think and I think certainly um you know it's hard for me to put a number on it but I will say this by the time a parent gets to me now um I won't say that I'm like their last resort okay but yeah. they have already exhausted their own field of awareness you know maybe they've gotten so far in reading a book or they try to talk to a friend or Maybe they've gone to, you know, someone that they consider to be an authority, you know, a therapist, somebody. And, you know, they are finding out very quickly that even though the topic, it will become more mainstream, there still is um, quite a bit of skepticism out there, right? And so for a child, you know, who may be naturally very imaginative, right? Yeah. Uh, very creative. You're just making that up. There's no monster under the bed. There's no woman in a blue hoodie in the corner, right? 
um, you know, I can't see it. Yeah. All right. What I say to parents now is um, it is extremely detrimental to tell a child um, you're making that up or you're lying. Okay. Um, even if you don't understand it, there are ways, just as you would with anything, right? There are ways to discern something more is going on here. You don't have to define it right away. And don't be so quick to label the child as having a mental illness or schizophrenia or something else. Yes, there are things that need to be looked at. Many children who are exhibiting these abilities have a high degree of anxiety. Mm -hmm. I myself was one of them, Me right? Too. And, yeah. and, and still do have to manage that, right? Me too. And there, there are um, parents who will say, you know, you're making that up, you know, stop lying. Am I here to say that children don't ever stretch the truth? No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying if a child comes to you and starts saying things to you like, I picked you to be my mom. Instead of just filing that into the isn't the sweet mm -hmm. category. Tell me more. There, there's nothing preventing you from asking open-ended questions like, well, how did you know that? Tell mm -hmm. me more about that. Go on. And you know your child, right? So you know if your child can spin a yarn very well, you know, or if your child is coming up with these profound insights, right? Um, and I would also say, you know, with a, with a fairly healthy dose of temperance, okay, that this is not the time to test your child either, okay? Because to some parents, it might be cool, you know, that they have a psychic kid, okay? Or they're interested in, you know, sort of having kind of a dog and pony show, right? They want to know, well, what can the kid tell me, you know, have them you know, do things that I don't, I don't propose that kids do. Like, I don't really like, um, is he doesn't do intuitive readings mm -hmm. for clients. Right. Okay. And, and I'll talk to you a little bit more about that later, about some of the reasons why I don't support that at this time in her development. Yeah. But, you know, I think that it's, um, it's important to allow a child just to be heard. Right. Because you will find out over time, is this something more for you to pay attention to? You still can retain your skepticism, but keep notes, right? Keep a journal. Start to document the experiences. And one of the things that I had um, Izzy do was I would say, can you draw that for me? And she would. Mm. And then she would draw what she would see. Now, at four, she was drawing stick figures. At 15, she's quite an accomplished artist mm. right now, uh, you know, with her own gifts and abilities. And at that time, though, when she would tell me, I see a man in my room. You know, we had just moved into the house that we're in now. This is an old historic house. It's over 100 years old. And she was eight when we moved into this house. And she said, one day she was really upset, came running down the stairs. And she said, there's a man in my room. And I need you to make him leave. Now, you know, 
first thought as a mother, that's I'm like, oh yeah. my God, what? Someone broke in. Right. Someone broke. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I race up the stairs. I walk in the room and I'm looking around and I'm realizing, you know, it's a, it's a spirit. I can feel the energy. I can mm-hmm. feel the pressure in the room. I can feel almost like I'm being pushed out of the room. Yeah. Right. Like this. And Izzy's kind of crying and shaking, you know, out in the hall. And I, you know, I say, you're not allowed here. I know that you're here. You need to move on. And I'm calling on your God appointed helpers and angels on the other other side to move you on out of here. So Izzy and I come back downstairs and she's very shaken up. And she said, oh, he does not like you, mom. He doesn't like you. And this was his house. And he's giving me a lot of information right now. And I said, well, let's write it down. So we did. She started to give me information like, you know, I said, well, what, what year, what's he connected to? And she would give me a date. I would say, well, what's he saying about the house? This is his house. He wants us to leave. You know, what does he look like? And, you know, it went down to uh, very specific details such as you know he's a buttoned up jacket and a black hat and he wore these shoes the way that she described them they were black and white shoes kind of where they kind of cuffed up a little bit now I don't know what those are called but you know this house was built in 1918 so I could see them in my mind what they were Mm -hmm. and you know at that time it was, it had become apparent to me, certainly because of this time she's eight, she had been seeing things that were, um, as I say, from higher realms, you know, angels and, and God and Mother Mary. She was seeing spirit, you know, people that were, you know, in her mediumship abilities. And uh, she was also seeing things she described as being very unfriendly. Mm. And, um, you know, I think that for a child, the they like you said they're so pure and so close to god that when they come in we don't really know what their filter of reference is we know what ours is right so if i say you know think of a monster under your bed well you might have you know the worst movie ever seen that may come up in your mind you're like oh god that would scare me to death or i don't believe in that or you know it's a cartoon figure right but for a child whatever it is that they're seeing is true for them Right. And so instead of us trying to make it fit our own narrative of what could we be seeing, the most important thing we could do as a parent is empower them, even if we don't understand it. Even if at that time I was not interested in seeing this man, I did not want to see him. I could feel him. I knew he was there. And over time, he has certainly let me know, (laughs) right, that he's here. But that also was such a good lesson because, you know, just as you're aware as a psychic medium, not all psychic mediums receive information the same way. Just like children, not all children learn the same way. Some are visual, some are, you know, audio is important or verbal is important to them. You can't really explain all the clairs to a child, right? But you can find out how are they getting this information? So like Izzy, she could see it and she could draw it. She could hear it and she could tell me. And then she was looking to me, make it go away. And that's where um, 
parents generally that come to me for help, they are unsure. How do I handle this? I can't see what they're seeing. I don't know how to help them handle it, right? So I say, well, you, you need to empower a child to turn down the dial. That's one thing. Also need to empower them to um, make something go away. If, yeah. Right? Okay. And that may just mean something really simple, such as, this is what I do. I call on Archangel Michael and I just, or Jesus, and I say, please come now and I command away anything that is really not supposed to be here. Yeah. If I know that it's something not friendly, or if it's just somebody's grandmother passing through, I say, you know, we say, hey, you know, is these closed? Okay. And it's time for you to move on into the light. Right. And you know, Izzy came to me once with a question um, that I think was really important. She said, why do all these spirits come to me? Like, why, you know, why? Yeah. Why? And I said, you know, this is the imagery that I'm being shown from the higher realms. That anyone that has any kind of sensitivity, right, they are like, a lighthouse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I may have used this analogy before in another conversation where if you and I are in a foreign country and we don't speak the language, but we really have to use the restroom, we're going to listen for someone that speaks our language. Yeah. So if we see someone or hear someone speaking English, we're going to go to that person mm -hmm. and say, hey, can you tell us where to go to the closest bathroom? And so I explained that to Izzy is that, you know, your light is like a light, you know, it's, it's like the front, it's like the front porch. Right? Yes. And so it has taken some time and practice to help turn the dial down. But I think that that's one of the number one things it behooves us to do as parents and caregivers is believe them or at least absorb what they're saying while you're figuring it out, while you're developing your own discernment and give them some tools and framework for acknowledging they're not crazy mm -hmm. and how they can be empowered to, even if it's just sleep in their own bed. Yeah. Right. Because it's hard enough. And I'll tell you now as a, um, you know, Izzy's a teenager, it's hard enough to be a teenager. Oh yeah. It's really was... hard to be a psychic teen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I also wanted to ask about, um, did she, I'm sure she has her group of friends now that know her and they, she's comfortable talking about it with them because they're her friends. But like when she was growing up, did she have trouble or she, did she just not tell anybody or did she share it? And was she, how was well, she? Yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because that, that is also, I, I, I would say that is a common issue with psychic kids is that um, really depending upon how accepting their parents are is going to dictate how confident they are able to move about the cabin, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that started to happen with Izzy was um, by the time she got to be in kindergarten, we realized very quickly she didn't have a filter. 
So just to give a funny example. If the teacher had a fight with her boyfriend the night before, someone might spill say that the next day in the class. Yeah. Okay. And she would frequently blurt out things. She she may not appreciate me sharing this part, but it is, it's funny, but it's also there's some there's something helpful in this yeah. sharing this is that, you know, she really couldn't, she just shared what was was there, right? And so, of course, very early on, uh, we did also learn that she had some learning disabilities. And being in a regular classroom was very hard for her because of all the energy and all, you know, everybody and all the teachers bringing in their stuff and their frustrations. And, you know, she's just like a sponge, right? And, you know, how are you going to teach, you know, a first grader, you know, how to do all the things to help them navigate? So... Izzy never had a hard time making friends, but she had a hard time feeling accepted by friends or being accepted by teachers. And because of the learning challenges that she had, she actually ended up going to a couple of different schools. And by the time she was in the, let's see, fourth grade, fifth grade, we had moved her to a private school in hopes that, you know, she would get a lot more support, you know, with dyslexia and some of the other things that she was struggling with. And, you know, she just, how do I say this? She just knew things about people at school. And she didn't like that, you know, because she just was not the kind of kid that would gossip. She yeah. wouldn't, she didn't like the clicks. She didn't really... She was kind of like everyone's friend, you know, like she was the one that was friends with, you know, the kid that was kind of a loner. And she was also friends with the, the child that really needed a lot of extra help. She was everyone's friend. And yet she was very lonely. And so during the pandemic, you know, we homeschooled and it was a lot easier for her. And she did have a very, very small group of friends. She had one friend that she was close to for a couple of years. And she tried to talk to that friend about her abilities. And her friend said, I don't believe in that stuff. That's hard. You know, and, you know, to a 12 or 13 year old girl, you know, I mean, she just was, it really put her into a tailspin. Yeah. to be honest. And so I told her, this is what we're going to do. You know, I, I worried about it as a mom, you know, I'm thinking, okay, you know, if I'm going to homeschool her, what is that going to look like for her? How is she ever going to have a social life? One thing about my child that is really quite remarkable is that this kid knows how to manifest. These kids know how to manifest, right? They're really good at it. And she understands the concept. To her, it's not a concept, it's a way of living. Right. And I said, why don't you write out on a piece of paper your your ideal friend? Write out the kind of friend you are and then the kind of friend you want to have. And so, you know, she wrote out things like, you know, accepts me. You know, it would be nice if the friend was like me, mm -hmm. um, you know, is is kind, you know, is loyal, all these things. You know, it wasn't like, you know wants to chase boys on Snapchat and, you know, the, all of these things. Okay. And 
I heard about this group in town, a mystic meetup that was happening at a local metaphysical shop. And I just got, it was like a download that came in and said, Izzy needs to go to this. And I brought it up to her. And at first she said, no, 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 no. I don't want to go. I don't want to just meet any more people. And, you know, and I said, well, I feel, I'm feeling strongly that you should go. And I think that there's something really important. And how can we make our manifesting come true if we're not willing to take action and yeah. go places? Mm -hmm. And you know now how to protect yourself and work on your energy field so you're not absorbing, you know, stuff in the mall. So right when we walked in, I immediately, there was a young, uh, there was a girl there I knew right away that this, she and Izzy were going to be friends. Fast forward to many months later, um, they become best friends. Oh, I love that. And this child is just like Izzy and I've become oh. friends with her mom and it's a very beautiful and reassuring um, connection that also underlines the importance of intention because I think anyone that's ever been the caregiver for a child whether they're psychic or not we always have our own expectations of what we hope life will be like for them right yeah. We don't want them to have maybe some experiences that we had. We're, we're trying to encourage them to be themselves. And yet, you know, we're putting our own filter on them too, right? And I was uh, greatly relieved. So the, ans the answer now is her vibe has attracted her tribe. And it's taken her until she's 15 to really become I wouldn't say confident but so accepting of herself right and she also has I think a very uh, healthy ability to discern when is it okay for me to share this mm -hmm. you know when you're six or you're four you know depending on the family that's around you you might say you know Dan's dancing in a silly hat in the other room, right? Yeah. And a parent could shut you down or a parent could say, tell me more. And that's, you know, for us, it was trial and error. But I also learned, um, just as I did in the search for my sister, there was so much guidance coming in for me, you know, that was, angels were steps ahead of me, you know, as I would come to each of these um turning points you know in our journey and it's worked like that too with people that have come for help you know and I have a client whose daughter um, now has is a friend of Izzy's but at the time you know the child was in high school experiencing all the things that would look like normal teen angst right depression anxiety grade slipping with the exception of the child is seeing something that gives her a feeling of foreboding feels negative it feels like following her and her parents are rightly concerned is our kid having some type of mental breakdown is there something else going on here and because one of the parents does have abilities you know, they were slightly open 
okay, to trying to figure out what was going on. And I said, you know, it is important to figure out what's going on. But more importantly, it's to empower her by listening. First of all, acknowledging and that you're not going to rush her to, you know, the nearest psych unit, right? Yes, there are situations where you're dealing with something that is maybe medically going on, right? I don't deny that 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 that, that can happen. Sometimes it's happening, um, it's co-occurring. Yes. Right? Okay. Um, and this is where I would say to parents, you know, I'm kind of a sharpshooter in, in, in this language. It may sound aggressive, but this is the time when you have to remove your skeptic hat and really advocate for your child. And it may require you to develop your own sensitivity and your own awareness, right? So if you don't have a quote, a prayer life, for example, now might be a good time, you know, yeah. to start to understand. It's like, you know, well, I'm going to fix my child. So let me just read about it. But there's also, oftentimes I've found that the parents themselves, there's something that's also trying to open for them as well, you know, and um, empowering a child is really the, the most important thing you can do, you know, and if you, if you don't understand what's happening, um, there are many very wonderful uh, teachers and mentors and, and also psychic therapists out there. Um, we have someone like that in our community, you know, that, that we speak to. And it's uh, a gift to have that. Yeah. But again, yeah. use your discernment because, you know, you can't just tell anyone. A counselor, well, my child is hearing people. Uh, yeah. Right. right. And and so that's when um, it's going to require you to dig deep and to... I would say, create your own trusted allies, you know, people that can really support you. Um, but don't just cut them off, you know, at the beginning and say, well, that's silly, you know, or you're lying or that's impossible. Or, I don't believe in that. Yeah. You know? And it's understandable that people don't believe in it. I, of course. I, you know, but it's tough because it's invalidating to her entire experience. And you know that she's not suffering with mental illness. Right. She knows she's not suffering with mental right. illness. And then someone's right. saying, I know the friend didn't mean it like you're a liar, right. but yeah, I just don't believe in it. And it's right. And that's it's, okay. Yeah. It's kind of hard because it's your whole reality. And I, I right. can not having grown up as she did, where it was like an ongoing thing for me. Yeah. Um, I can, I was able to live the most, you know, a pretty average life, but even now it's like, it's, you know, there are people that are like, yeah, I don't believe in that. Or you're faking it or you're sure. not very many people, but there right. are people that have said, you know, you're just a, uh, taking advantage of people in grief right. and you're a right. con artist. And it's right. like, right. well, that's actually not, and I don't, if it's yeah. someone I don't know, I don't even care. I don't care yeah. that that's what they think, but it is, it's like, okay, I'm the one experiencing right. it. Right. And I, I and mean, I don't, 
Yeah, and I and I have to say, you know, you know, two things I say to that is, if, you know, when someone is challenging uh, me and or you know Izzy's experience a challenge, uh, this is a phrase that I was taught many years ago by a wonderful therapist, and she said, you know, when someone tells you they don't believe you or whatever you say, I'm comfortable with you thinking that, mm -hmm. and you just move on, you yeah, know, because it's just not okay. worth it, and for people that have. Um, shared their opinions with me about, uh, you know, how do you know that angels were guiding you to do this nonprofit work? And how do you know that wasn't just your great idea? And, and I just said, you know, that's demonic. And I said, well, then demons must be turning over a new leaf because last time I checked, they weren't doing any charitable work. And that work was a labor of love for many, many years. And so I just, you know, but again, I'm comfortable with you thinking that. And, yeah. and it is, hard to set boundaries and not be validated but I would say it's important to teach our children again that piece about discernment it's like somebody tells you a secret at school right and they say oh don't tell anyone but I kissed Bobby behind the school cafeteria right so by two o'clock not only have you kissed Bobby, but you've kissed all of his friends yeah, yes. behind the locker room. Yes. Sure? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I just explained it to her that way. And I said, you know, it's like knowing when and what you can share. And sometimes it's the who. And now she's so blessed to have a friend yeah. who mirrors her. And they can talk about all of this without feeling weird which is such a gift because it's it's recently i've become more and more aligned with certain friends and other friends mm -hmm. have sort of had to float out a little bit because mm -hmm. once you start experiencing these sort of things there's a language there's a perception there's a worldview doesn't mean any of my friends have to believe in it as long as they support me in what i'm doing um yeah. or mm -hmm. but it is so wonderful because she goes let's say she's at school or wherever she is mm -hmm. with her friends and she's seeing spirit and things are happening. How hard mm -hmm. is that to hold in? It must be so hard to hold in, but then to her. be able to come home and say, okay, I can call my friend and say, oh my gosh, yes. then I can tell you what happened. That's right. That's what you need. Well, and, and that's what you need. And I think that, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll share this, um, something that happened about a year ago that was, that let me know Izzy's abilities were on the level of being able to someday work with law enforcement if she chooses. Yeah. And this is the part where I'll just tell the story and I will make it friendly for consumption for the audience, okay? Yeah. You know, and I have a lot of years in being an advocate for missing persons. So in that work, you know, I was exposed to a lot of crimes and a lot of homicides and um, unsolved cases, right? And spent a fair amount of time in morgues and things like that, which I don't recommend for anyone who wants to stay on the path of hope, right? Mm -hmm. But that was my my work in those days. And I did not use my psychic abilities for solving crimes, okay? But I was inundated often with visions and things that were very distressing to me during those years. And I would often reach out to people that I knew and could trust who were working with law enforcement, right? 
And a lot of law enforcement, even today, they're, they're not going to readily say, oh, yes, we had XYZ psychic medium helping us on this case. But right. They but do. I can tell you they do. Okay. And we had a crime happen in our community. And um, it was a devastating situation. And um, suffice it to say that the police did not really want to get involved in this crime. Okay. So it involved um, cruelty to an animal. And I'll just leave it at that. And when I heard about the crime, I should back up and say the night before the crime happened, my daughter came to me and said, and I'm going to just make up the name, okay? Mommy, I had a dream that Susan called you. And I said, oh, okay, well, that's interesting, you know, and um, Susan is a woman that I know that lives nearby. And she's calling to tell you something that's very bad. And I said, oh, well, okay. So that day I was getting ready for a meeting that I had with my, my own uh, psychic mentor. And we were going to be meeting on Zoom and I was writing out my notes, you know, wanted to really make good use of the time. And about 30 minutes before that meeting, I get a phone call from that person. And they're informing me of this crime that happened in the community. And they are absolutely distressed and gutted by what happened. And I don't have the phone on speaker. You know, and I'm just thinking, oh, how am I going to focus on this meeting that I have with my mentor? I really need to I really need to focus. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And I hang up the phone and I go out in the hall. And I'm like, OK, I can't tell Izzy this. I can't I can't tell her this. I don't know how I'm going to keep it from her, but I can't tell her this. And she comes down the hall and she looks at me. And she just starts sobbing. And she goes down to the floor. And she starts telling me what she sees. So she starts describing the crime. She describes the placement of and things that are involved. She describes what the person looks like. She describes the vehicle. I'm getting the goosebumps as I tell you. Yeah. And I start to get stuff. And I'm just going, shit, 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 shit. And I'm looking at my clock. I'm like, I'm only got 15 minutes. I've got to be on the call. And so I just, I just hug her. And I say, we're going to talk about this later. I know this is a lot to take in. Just know that I'm going to do everything I can to find out what's happening with the police and all that. And she goes, oh, they're not going to, they, they don't want the police involved. They don't want the police involved. And so things that she said actually later is what happened. So I'm trying my best to get calm. Izzy just sobbed and sobbed, maybe for like the next hour or two. She was so devastated by what she saw. And I'm thinking, this is not what I wanted for my child to have this level of abilities. Like up until now, we've successfully managed ghosts, cutting yeah. your cords when you go to the mall, <laughs> how to have discernment about who to tell and what, right? 
I was really hoping we would never have this conversation. And I get on the call with my mentor and I say, I have to tell you this because I'm getting information. I need someone I can trust who can validate back to me. I'm just, I'm gonna give you just a little information to see what you're getting. I would say five out of the seven things that Izzy told me was validated back to me. And just for good measure, after that conversation, it would be several weeks later, I did try to communicate to law enforcement, not from the place of, I have information, okay? Yeah. Because I knew it wouldn't be taken seriously and how could I prove it, right? I just did it in a way where I have media experience in speaking about difficult things and I was trying to allow people to get statements taken and things like that, you know, how to actually communicate this in a way that could be taken seriously. Because, you know, when things like this do happen in communities, it's, it's, it's a bigger problem. Anyway, so there's a woman who I've known for many years. We were not friends. You know, we, I just knew her from law enforcement days and missing persons days. And it takes a long time. See, if you're on her waiting list, you know, mediums, we like to get readings from other mediums, right? Yeah. So um, I was on her list. And uh, unbeknownst to me, um, my sister, Gabby, got this for me as a gift. Okay, now she, she didn't know anything about the timing, right? I mean, I've wanted to be able to study with this woman for years. And I get a phone call that I'm on her list and she's going to give me a reading. This is two months after this event had happened. And in the first minutes of the call, she's describing what happened. She's wow. describing everything that my daughter saw. She's describing and validating things that I had experienced. And she's like, okay, you know, you need to, you're not going to be able to shy away from this now right? Like you already know your child is the medium mm -hmm. and you already know how to handle this because of the work that you did before. And I said, well, I never used gifts for that. She goes, well, you maybe didn't use them, but you know, there was information coming through. And I said, well, you know, again, I don't proclaim to have anything useful in that realm, but I know enough for how to help my child or hope I know enough how to help my child. So that's been going on for the last year and those abilities continue to grow. And so this is what I would say to any other parent is if you have a child that's dealing with seeing spirits, they're seeing ghosts, they're feeling energy, they're having bad dreams, they're getting visions, you're going to need help. You need help. And whether that's with um, me or someone else, there are many qualified people out there. Do your due diligence and make sure, you know, that the person that's helping you has the experience, you know, that you need. You know, you wouldn't go to a therapist for a divorce if that person had never been married, right? You know, you need to, you know, go where you're getting this information. There's a lot of wonderful uh, people out there who uh, 
working on crimes and things like that's part of their specialty and part of their gifts. And, um, you know, they may be able to help you more than someone else, you know, who doesn't have that experience, right? You know, but for some children and families, what I see um, is that, you know, and maybe it's true for us as well from childhood, there's gifts we all we all come in knowing all of us yeah right we all come in knowing and through either filters or parents or life experience or trauma or whatever reason we close down sometimes some of us stay open some of us have intuitive awakenings like i did when my sister disappeared and we experienced so much trauma that you know something's got to give right and we're going to be propelled onto our path, whether we like it or not. Um, you know, I would say try to use intention first before being being kicked off the ledge. But um, as far as it goes, though, with, with children that have these abilities, you know, and I would say for my own child is, you know, is this part of Izzy's path? It, it's definitely part of her spiritual journey. Does it mean that she needs to come? Uh, become a developing medium as she gets older no it doesn't but she's open and yeah. so what that means for me as a parent is I need to equip her as best I can to navigate through the world right and we are on planet earth at a time in our humanity where there's a lot going on we, it's easy to look out there and say wow the world is a dumpster fire mm -hmm. right now and all of us have signed up to be here at this time if we subscribe to that belief and these children are definitely feeling it and I have seen um it's just an observation I, I don't know that I would call it a developed enough observation to call it a theory but it is my observation that children that have learning disabilities um I myself have ADHD um, and anxiety children that have learning disabilities even like dyslexia or on the spectrum a little bit or on the spectrum a lot uh, they are more sensitive, yeah, right? Because whatever is happening in the brain, it is allowing for energy in other realms, you know, to be felt and looked at. And I understand to the average lay person that that may sound absolutely crazy. I mean, you know, I, I may not be, um, I may not have a PhD in anything, but, but, but they do. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. and, um, but I'm certainly approachable and I'm, I'm open enough to say, I don't know all the answers, but I know enough to advocate for my child. And so one of the things um, that, that we are doing um, for fun, you know, to bring levity to this experience is, you know, first, as, as I tell Izzy, I don't put pressure on her. It's like, if, if you, if this is something you want to do later in life, you got my full support, right? But you're always going to be sensitive. And so what that means is sometimes you're going to know things and you're not going to know what to do with it. And you're going to have to be okay with that. Yeah. And just know that if, if you get information and you're supposed to do something with it, you'll know. Yeah. You'll know. You'll be guided, right? And you don't just have to blurt out, you know, I call that, you know, it's for psychic etiquette. You don't blurt it out to the person in the grocery yeah. store in front of you, like, you know, hey, you know, whatever the, the thing is. Yeah you know, keep it to yourself, right? Stay in your own lane. And, um, but 
it's really important for kids like this to know they're not alone. And so that's part of something that Izzy and I started a project called um, Diary of a Psychic Teen. We're just putting together these fun reels every week. And we're just throwing it out there also to the audience. You know, if you have a question about um, something and you want to ask it anonymously or you don't feel like you have someone that you can ask, you know, ask ask us. We'll, we'll do a topic on it. We'll talk about it. We'll, I'll tell you if I don't know and we'll try to find the answer. But, you know, it's it's funny things like, you know, hey, I went to the mall with my friends and when I came home, I felt like crap. Why? You know. Well, it's because, you know, you absorbed everybody else's energy and, you know, it's important to learn how to clear and ground. And they're really simple techniques, I think, that exist uh, that can make a world of difference for a kid, you know? Yeah. And I'm so great. I mean, so I say grateful. It's not happening to me, but like, I'm glad for Izzy that yeah. you are her mom, yeah. because I think... When you say she doesn't have to become a medium or even work on crime cases, which mm -hmm. can be extremely traumatizing. Very much um, so. Very much so. I, I, I suspect that from what I've seen, most kids who have this ability do go on to do this work because mm -hmm. maybe when they're younger, they're like, I don't know about that. But then it's finally giving them this, oh, there's a purpose for this. There's, right. I can be of service right. with this. And right. what else would they rather do? I mean, it's like already right. happening. That's it, right. Um, but I love that you don't push her to do it because I tell people too, you can do you can do mediumship if you want to. You right. don't have to. You, you don't, don't you, you to. can use it for your own guidance in life. You can use yeah. it to help people close to you. You can use it without telling anyone you're using it when you're doing other That's work, right. medical right. work even. Um, you can right. you can obviously medical work their protocols and everything but well sure yeah but healing work and that sort of thing you can sort of even in therapy I mean even like being a therapist you're not going to say right. well I'm a medium and I'm going to tell you what to do but you can right. say right have you ever considered this because you know right uh, and so there's so many ways it can be used right. other than doing this work but I do want to ask um how now does Izzy sort of manage her abilities in terms of her own sanity keeping her own sanity and her own boundaries has she effectively learned to sort of shut out spirit when she wants to and let them in when she wants to? I would assume it's sort of a mixed bag. but It what... is a mixed bag because um, I have to remember every day that she's a teen girl. Yes. She's affected by, um, you know, what she sees on TikTok. She's affected by, you know, what she's hearing on the news. She's affected by, um, you know, her time of the month, right? She's, you know, she's feeling extra crabby, okay? And this is something that I really try to practice for her um, is, you know, back 20 some years ago when I was first opening, one of the things that I did for fun uh, that actually became um, something that I developed over time was I, I learned to be, I was a feng shui consultant, still am, you know, I did that by referral only now. Um, but it's really important to create a calm environment, okay? Because that's going to help a child because the world is volatile. A teen girl is volatile, right? A mom, I'm volatile, okay? And to have a home where there's positive energy, right? It's not gonna always be, you know, dad's in a good mood. Mm -hmm. Things are looking great on the news. You get your favorite dinner. The, paycheck came in on time, right? It's real life happening, 
it's homework being done or the bill is late or uh, the ghost is in your room and you know you just realize you're out of pads right yeah it's a day that can happen and so to me it comes down to creating an environment for her so that she can on hard days recenter okay so so our house is feng shui i mm -hmm. highly recommend that really for anyone but certainly for people that are sensitives okay yeah. and um she knows we do something every day. It's called the, um, it's the five minute daily energy routine by renowned healer, Donna Eden. And, and this is just a five minute thing that involves some tapping on meridian lines and things like that, so that you're getting your energy system moving the right way in the morning and some form of walking. And, and this is something that I learned from my own mentor, how important it is for mediums to move. If they can, because you can't just bring in energy all the time, right? And not have a way to move it out. And so even if Izzy is not engaging or children aren't always engaging with spirits, right? If, if first of all, they have to know how to move them out or, you know, uh, find ways to set boundaries so they can sleep at night. Um, but they also have to be able to be able to just like focus on what's in front of them. Right. Yeah. And so for, for us, it is that Izzy has a really beautiful artistic gift. And so that's what I also encourage other parents. I'm like, listen, I, it can come from music, playing really beautiful music. If it's your kid like loves, you know, a certain band and you don't really like them, that's fine. Just let them, you know, do their thing. You know, there's certain music that has a certain higher vibration. And I, I found even on YouTube, there's, channels where you can look for music at a certain frequency. So like 528 and above is a very high frequency. And I will play that throughout the house. And it may just sound like beautiful meditation music. Puts all the cats in a trance. Yeah. Right. But it helps everyone else focus, you know. And so she has, so to answer your question, she has the tools to effectively navigate. Does she use them all the all the time? No, because she's a normal mm -hmm. teenage kid. And it just would be like, you know, I don't want to say mini medium, you know, but it's, it's, it behooves us, I think, as, as parents and adults to try to model these behaviors ourselves, you know, and, and I try, and then some days I'm going to eat the whole bag of chocolate almonds. Yeah. Right. You know, and I will say, okay, I need to go for a walk. Come with me. Um, and it may not be feasible for every family, you know, homeschool's not for everyone, but I found after having Izzy in a couple of different schools for us, it works well. Yeah. It works well. And the socializing is important, but it needs to be with children that she, yeah, they're like her. Right? Yep. Right. And, and yes, it's possible to your vibe will attract your tribe. It is possible to set intentions, even as a kid, it's very possible to do that, you know, but with a parent's help, just sometimes you have to look for those opportunities in your own community, you know, uh, yeah. those metaphysical places are good places to, to look at least and get your own sense of, is this a place that would, you know, I'd feel comfortable, you know, having my child. In yeah, there. absolutely. I you think know. I hear that a lot and I think it's more and more I think every well, every kid has individualized needs, no matter who they are. 
Mm-hmm. And I think there's a place for the school system and there's a place where I actually think I would have done better, not in a school system mm-hmm. um, and for various reasons. But overall, I think it's it's a nice to have that option now where she can get her needs met. She can socialize. Right. And not and you're not sheltering her. You're just it's difficult. Like it's distracting from learning anyway. I think it, is. it was it for is. me, for any it sensitives. Is. It's just too much going on and it, too many distractions is. and. Um, it's, it's, I think that's beautiful that you've provided her that safe space. And then she can also go out in the world on her own time, you know, when she's in a social situation. And I, and I think, you know, because it's, it's, um, it's faulty thinking to say, I'm going to create this nurturing environment and, uh, she'll always have that, right. She can go out in the big bad world. She'll always have, because that's not true because in order to empower her, to walk in both worlds, then she has to have these skills that she can work with regardless of whether she had me or not. And a really good example of this is um, a couple of years ago, um, she went on a trip with some family members to New York City. She had never been and she always, always wanted to go. And she said to me, I am a little worried about the crowds. Oh, yeah. And I said, well, let's talk about that. Like, let's talk about your strategy, right? And I said, what are some of the things that you can do? And she said, well, I definitely need to do the Donna Eden energy routine like twice a day. And I say, and you need to cut cords twice a day, like when you get up and at night. And then you need to, we, we worked with an energy healer who taught us how to close down solar plexus when you're going out into big crowds of people, right? And I have her imagine it's like a sunflower and then, you know, closing that in if you're going into places like the grocery store or Times Square, okay? That's that's a lot of energy because she was starting to have a lot of tummy problems, you know, when she would get out into big crowds. And um, so I was fortunate in that I had at least one family member that was going on that trip that, while they didn't understand the gifts, they absolutely believe, you know, that she has these abilities and, you know, that I have these abilities. So she's like, okay, I don't really understand this, but how can I help? And so I said, these are the things that she's got to do every day, even if it's just reminding her. So they go on the trip. It's just for a weekend. I'm getting these texts about the things that they're doing. And then Izzy calls me. And she said, I have to tell you something, mommy. And she said, and I want you to know that I told my Aunt Gabby this, and I stood in my truth, you know, and I could just see her on the other end of her phone with her hands on her hips. And I'm going, okay, you know, you go, girl. And she said, we went to the 9-11, we went to the memorial, okay, where they have the lights. And she said, and, you know, I was born in 2008, so, like, I wasn't even around when this happened, right? You know, and I'm like... Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm still in my, I'm still in California at that time. You know, you weren't even thought about. She said, well, when I was standing there, I started to see spirits. And I started to see them. And they were, many of them were like waving. There were all these other people standing around me. She goes, real people. You know, she goes, now they're real people too. And I'm like, I know, I know. But she, you know, she's explaining it to me like, you know, I don't know. And she says, and so the spirit, they're like waving to their loved ones and they're telling me they love, they love them and they're thanking them for coming. She goes, 
and I just was overcome. Like I started to cry and they showed me, they showed me what happened. She's describing it. Yeah. She's describing that day and she's describing the events. And I said, wow, that sounds really overwhelming. That sounds really overwhelming. I said, what do you think you need to do now? She goes, well, I need to go to bed and I'm, 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 I'm sad, but I'm also glad that I saw that because there was so much love there. And she said, I almost felt like it was a cool thing that I could see them and I could feel gratitude. I could feel their gratitude, even though I didn't give anybody a message. It was just, I acknowledged them. Right. And it's a lot. Right now, I can't go and like prove that to anyone, but I don't need to. All I needed to do was validate to my child, that's a lot. That's a lot for you to see. Um, it's a lot for anyone to see. Anyone can remember where they were on that day or people who certainly experienced it or lost loved ones, right? You know, but for a child who didn't have the context, who didn't have the history, who, who, who knew nothing of politics or anything happening in the world stage at that time she had no history book to tell her this is what you're looking at I mean she had like you know there were signs and things like that but she you know she only knew what she really saw and I said well I'm really proud of you just for being witness to that and sometimes that is all you're meant to do is to be a witness to the love and the loss. And you didn't really have to do anything with it. But there would have been no way for her to turn that off, right? But I could only imagine if she had been like, I'm just making this up, if she'd been on a school trip, right? And she's seeing that. But I mean, there are, I am certain of it, that there are children in the world and, you know, adults too, you know, who see and feel things that other people don't. And they don't have the support to me that's sad you know that that I do think that that's um that's tragic yeah I thank you so much and I want to thank Izzy too just through you for because I know that she's I know you're careful I know that you're you honor her privacy and you yes. but you share what you know that she's comfortable with yes. and uh, I want to thank her for thank being you. I mean for for allowing you to share that tell her I said that um and I also um because I, and I really look forward to meeting her one day, whether it's on zoom or whatever, I but think you will, I think, yeah, you will. I, I know. Cause I, I just love you. And I, and I thank you too, for providing space for her, but also for other people that, uh, that, that might be, that might be dealing with their, their children having this, or even just their own abilities and for sharing your story so vulnerably. If any, if someone who does want to work with you in terms of, um, talking with you about this or having bringing their own children how can they reach you uh, the best way to reach me is through my website and that's at uh, libbaphillips.com that's and what I thought there you can find a calendar and and uh, appointment space you know so that we can talk and and you can be supported perfect and I'll have the link in the description below Libba thank Phillips you. thank you so much for being thank here you. it was such a pleasure thank you. my pleasure thank you